0: You're listening to another episode of HeWave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. And today's movie is one that I thought I'd never talk about on this show. And I thought we were never going to get to this one. Today's movie is The New Mutants. This movie has been uh, in production for about five years, maybe. It was supposed to come out in 2018. We are recording this in 2020, and it has just come out. So get excited for that. I know I am. Um, I think we completely avoid spoilers in this. We were going to get to spoilers at some point, and we just never did. So I think if you haven't seen New Mutants yet, you don't even have to turn this off. You can just listen to it. It's all good. So um, I don't remember too much of the music of this show, uh, of this uh, of this movie, but you're either going to hear something by Mark Snow or... No, that's, that's it. You're going to hear something by Mark Snow. Here it is. Here is a song from the New Mutants soundtrack, there it is. listening to another episode of heatwave radio's classic movies live the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out my goodness it feels it feels right to say that we haven't said that in a while well I, i think we said it last week with tenet but it's uh it's been a different show for a bit and if you're a long-time listener you'll know all about that and if you're not a long-time listener uh you can probably find out where to listen to some of our older episodes and um otherwise you know we'll get around to doing Older episodes soon as new episodes in a way, if that makes any sense. And if it doesn't, that's fine, because I don't care. That's not what this one's about. We are talking today about something I never thought I would get the opportunity to talk about. Uh God, there's so much to say about this. Pierre, do you want to say it or do you want me to say it?
1: We're talking about new mutants. Is that what you were, were gonna about say? New mutants.
0: <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Yes. It is time to talk about the last X-Men movie ever made. The New Mutants. I'm so excited to talk about. This. Well, I was so excited for this movie. I remember I've been looking forward to this movie since probably 2016 or so because that's when they announced this movie and said it's going to be like it's going to be an X-Men movie but it's going to be like a horror movie. I'm like that sounds like a really cool idea. I'm sold. I will see that movie when it comes out in 2018. And yeah, uh-
1: it's definitely uh, one of the things about Uh, superhero movies now i think it's very hard to to find ones that really break down the barriers of of what makes a superhero movie especially with the mcu kind of really finding their ground if that makes sense so it would it would like at the time like the idea of a uh a horror a superhero straight up horror movie um sounded really really cool and it still does
0: yeah, I think now there are people who are getting more, who are trying to get riskier with superhero movies. I don't think it's necessarily actually happening. But if you think about it, like, uh, we we are recording this in 2020, by the way. Uh, the movie Project Power came out a few weeks ago. That movie is not very good. Uh, however, it is, like, pretty it's very different from a lot of superhero movies. Like it tries to be different. And I respect the ambition of like trying to be something else because it's a movie kind of like, I don't even really know exactly how to describe it. It's like a police drama almost where people are taking drugs and the drugs turn them into superheroes. And like, there's a lot of wasted potential there and it's not very, it's not really well executed, but like, it is very different from say Iron Man. And I pick Iron Man specifically because if you look at Marvel movies, the vast majority of them share a lot with Iron Man in, and potentially not even potentially definitely more than they should.
1: Yeah. It was very much the tone setter of the MCU. Cause it's like what worked, And then they, yeah. they tried the Hulk right after and that had a very different tone and that didn't work. So they, uh, they found what they wanted pretty quickly.
0: So I'm I'm conflicted when it comes to talking about Marvel movies and I don't think I'm going to talk about this too too much but I don't know when we're going to talk about another superhero movie so this feels appropriate. When it comes to Marvel movies like they set the tone with Iron Man and I think that to some degree it was a good idea to make all of the rest of their movies fit tonally within that universe. Like if Captain America had been a straight gritty war drama, I don't think it would have worked. Um and you know if any of the other mo- like the other movies within the Marvel universe i think within the Marvel universe the movies that have been best have been the ones that are that differ from the iron man formula in the in the biggest ways but at the same time if you differ too much from it like the incredible hulk you end up with something that doesn't even really feel right within the universe if that makes sense and so yeah. not only is the incredible hulk not that great a movie it also just doesn't feel at home in this universe.
1: Yeah. Which is probably why New Mutants had such a hard time getting released, is because um, even though it's not an MCU movie, it, as, and as we've seen the the MCU succeed more, it, it's probably gets, um, well, first for Fox and then for Disney, it was probably kind of scary for them to want to release it because I, do, I, do, I really don't think they would have if they didn't just it's basically like a throwaway movie that they're, they're like, if we, if this makes any money, like it'll be better than nothing, I guess. But it really has, it's past its date now with uh, the X-Men universe basically being over. And, uh, and like, it's, you know, a lot of these actors like have, are past their, or well, this, it's a coming of age movie. A lot of these actors have, um, have grown up, so like there's no room for a franchise potential in this. So it's a yeah, so um it it really feels like an odd duck out of all the superhero movies we have so far.
0: I think so this is the last X-Men movie that will ever be released within the last the the most recent X-Men universe. And right near the end of that universe, like this wasn't exactly the last. I think I think um Dark Phoenix was announced after this movie but like other than that this was the last one announced and what i do like about that universe is even if uh, even if not everything worked out they were trying to be ambitious and set themselves apart like I, i mean i already said this movie doesn't feel like iron man but at the time like it was announced in such a way that it should have been tonally completely different from everything else that had existed at the time at least as far as superhero movies go And now having seen it, it isn't really... It's not really the same as X-Men movies. It's not really the same as Marvel movies. Like, it's not anything like Marvel movies. It's nothing like DC movies. So it is very different. Um, A movie can be different and be bad. So, like, that's that's not me saying the New Mutants is bad. We'll get to that. But, like, just being different isn't everything. But being different is a... Pretty significant thing. I feel like I've been talking about this for like ten minutes now, but at the same time, like it is important to just say like I, I mean I respect ambition in superhero movies because I feel like it doesn't it certainly didn't used to happen. And even now it's still people are still very hesitant to do it.
1: Yeah. But like when they do it right, it I it truly does, I think, lead to more successes. The the I think Age of Ultron was kind of the a uh, breaking point in some in some form of uh knowing or like i i okay i see age of ultron is kind of the point where that where a lot of people were like and the execs were like okay the superhero movies don't start to diversify people are just going to get burned out because that's when a lot of people were talking about uh like all oh, this latest avengers movie is just kind of more of the same that we've yeah. been seeing lately and then oh, uh, and I've then they gone. really changed it up after that
0: I mean, I've gone on record saying that Age of Ultron is one of my least favorite movies of all time. But uh, (laughs) Age of Ultron, like, that's where I stopped being on the Marvel hype train. And like, for a lot of people, that is around the time, I I guess I can't say, I can't necessarily speak on behalf of a lot of people. But on the other hand, right around the time that Age of Ultron came out is when I started seeing the term superhero fatigue being thrown around a lot. And it's never not been thrown around since.
1: Yeah, but, but I think it's like again after they they kind of learn from their mistakes, uh, these movies really did start to diversify, and uh, one could say almost New Mutants is a little ahead of its time in that sense. Uh, I
0: think so because
1: it it took it's it's uh, kind of in the point where all all superhero movies have to be really big blockbusters. Um, it's a very small movie, uh, smaller actors. Uh, very cheap and uh and yeah but um
0: and it tries to be a lot of things it tried to be a horror movie to some degree but more than anything this movie reminded me a lot of the breakfast club like it was it i feel like it was trying to be the breakfast club
1: yeah it makes sense it's a bunch of kids trapped in a in one location for the whole movie it just there are some striking similarities and I really did there were a couple odd moments where it really tried to be a uh, a John Hughes coming of age movie, which felt sort of out of place, and I think uh, wasn't was kind of like uh, an odd miss. It, it was like it because of it, it felt like the execs were really toying with this movie, and that like it didn't it couldn't really seem to set on a tone mm-hmm. uh, for for certain reasons. So I uh, think
0: I don't know for sure. But I kind of have a suspicion that the Fox execs at the time just, I mean, they knew, I don't know if they knew that Fox was going to become part of Disney, but they definitely knew that the X-Men franchise was in trouble because Marvel was around and like wanting X-Men back. And now they had the pull to do it. So I think at this time, Fox just kind of let creators do whatever the hell they wanted. And sometimes that works. And sometimes it doesn't because this movie as a pitch is very strange and like i don't know how this got made if it wasn't like if the execs weren't just like you know what i don't know what you're talking about but go ahead here's a million dollars do it
1: or yeah like 67 million it was it was very expensive for a movie this scale i was expecting to like 20 million maybe 10 million but i don't entirely understand what they did to inflate the budget that much but it was a pretty crazy because that's about what deadpool cost and in my opinion deadpool was a much more well obviously it was a much more impressive movie in terms of like storytelling but then also like uh, in terms of star power and like special effects and like uh all, like, all and- so many things and they were about the same price that makes no sense to me
0: yeah it's um yeah it's really strange i But this movie, of course, uh, we've been talking about this movie for a while, kind of, or at least mentioning it. This movie has a horrifically troubled development, which I guess you probably, like, anyone that's listening to this has already sort of gleaned that from us talking about it already. But, like, oh, man, I completely forgot what I was going to say. This, I never thought I would see this movie. That's what it comes down to. This movie, like, it was announced to come out in 2018, apparently. And then it just kept getting delayed. Never by more than a couple of months, but like it got delayed to the point where I legitimately never thought this was never gonna come out.
1: Yeah, and I don't entirely understand why it they decided on now, uh after all this time. I, I'm guessing it's like it was gonna come out in May, right? Or something before uh COVID happened.
0: Probably. I I was it was either April like or May. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then it got pushed back. I guess they wanted to release it eventually. And this kind of gives Disney like a decent, uh, decent out In that they, they, if it, if it bombs, they don't like, you know, the, their stock, their stockholders don't really care. And the public doesn't yeah. really care. Cause they're like any movie would bomb right now, even though tenants doing all right. So.
0: well, um, I had heard that. Uh, I think you told me this actually, Disney literally can't make any money on this movie unless it goes to theaters. So it needed to come out eventually. I'm like, I feel like sitting on this movie forever is just, it's never going to make any money. Like there's another movie that we'll eventually talk about probably in some respect um, by Charlie Kaufman that has just been in it's, it has Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland in it. And like, it's probably just never coming out because apparently everyone that's ever seen it hates it so much. Um, Gosh, what is it called? Chaos walking. Uh, That movie, like, that movie's also probably never coming out. And this one, like Disney, if this one had gone to theaters, even when it was supposed to, I don't know how much money this would have made because essentially it's an indie movie um, that like is riding on the star power of now Anya Taylor joy. But at the time only Maisie Williams and like who, who wants to see this except people who apparent who by now know the legend of the new mutants. And then all of a sudden COVID happened, which is, not a good thing in general. Like, I hate it. But it's a blessing in disguise for the New Mutants because this movie comes out at the end of August, right when theaters are are just starting to open up again. What are you going to see? If you're going to the theaters, you're seeing Tenet or you're seeing the New Mutants? And like, if you want to go see Tenet, that's fine. If you want to go to the theater again, you're seeing New Mutants. So, like it came out at kind of the only time I feel like it would have ever made money. It didn't, but this is the only time I can see it doing anything.
1: Yeah, especially with like the bloated. I think either way it would have bombed. And that's like uh, specifically during, you know, if they released it in April, I think like the James Bond movie was coming out at the same time. So I really don't think it had much of a chance either way.
0: No, but the way that they ended up releasing it, I am surprised it still bombed as badly as it did because I would have normally expected it to bomb that badly. But considering the circumstances, I'm a little surprised more people didn't just go out to see it out of boredom, which is not a glowing endorsement of a movie, but still.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I think, in a way, that's kind of what I did. I don't know if I necessarily would have seen this in theaters um, if... I mean, I, I had I I wanted to see it for the podcast, but also like if I was I a normal consumer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if I was a normal consumer, I don't see myself shelling out uh, 10 bucks to watch. I, I'd rather watch one of those like older classic movies they've been showing lately instead. There so, was like three weeks yeah. where
0: every week they had a different Lord of the Rings. I wish I could have been going to the movies at that point.
1: Yeah, and uh, if that's what you're competing with and you're still losing, I mean, I don't know if that's the greatest sign. Yeah. So, yeah. And also, like, I'm going to be honest, like, I I can totally see why they had so much concern with this with releasing the movie. Because, um, like like we talked about, it's... it's uh... Wait, do you want to go through the plot really quickly?
0: Um, we can, yeah. Uh, do you want me to do that?
1: <laughs> yes, please.
0: Okay, so... Uh, I'm I'm I am referencing Wikipedia here because it's been it's been a week and a half or so since I've seen this movie. The the main character is Danny Moonstar. Um and she at the very beginning, she like her village or whatever, the place that she lives, I guess she's on a reservation. Her reservation gets attacked or something. There's something happening. And her and her dad are running through the forest, and her dad is like trying to get her to safety because everyone's gonna die. And then shortly after that, she winds up in a uh This is uh, this is Danny Moonstar winds up in a um, it kind of seems like a mental facility. Like it's some kind of a hospital for young mutants, for new mutants, because apparently mutant powers manifest during puberty, roughly or something. (laughs) They
1: say that they say those words a lot in the movie. Yeah, they
0: do say the name of the movie a lot. And anyway, she's there with uh, Maisie Williams, one of the guys from Stranger Things, uh Anya Taylor-Joy who everyone knows from her uh star turn from her from her fantastic role as Emma in Emma uh and two other people that I oh and one other person that I didn't recognize um anyway she ends up in this uh m- hospital for new mutants and then they just kind of hang out for a bit like Uh, they all kind of want to get out of this hospital. And so it's it's a lot of them dealing with, it's a lot of her dealing with like depression and uh, her not necessarily getting along with everyone and then potentially getting along with other people. Like she has a relationship with Maisie Williams. She doesn't much care for Anya Taylor-Joy. The other, uh, there's a guy named Bobby DaCosta who I think is played by Henry Zaga, who, um, yeah, Henry Zaga, who... Doesn't really interact with anybody. Um, there's a dude named Sam who's played by the guy from Stranger Things who just sort of flies through walls all the time. Anyway, uh, they're, they're sitting here and they're just sort of working through their problems, being kids, and they're being told that they are going to join the X-Men, that, that that's what they're being trained to do. And then weird stuff starts happening, uh, like weird horror stuff. Some of them get attacked by people that smile with no faces. And that sort of all builds into um, a few scenes that are like horror shenanigans, like where everyone has to confront their fears and eventually like a big superhero boss fight at the end. I don't really know that there's that much more I can say about this. Like, did that did yeah. that cover it? Did I miss something?
1: Uh no, that was very straightforward. And, um, and yeah, I like, like this
0: plot wise is not is, is pretty straightforward. It's yeah. that that's about it.
1: Yeah. So like I I'd say like the biggest uh, one of the biggest concerns from the start that I could see from Disney is that uh, it has a lot of trouble deciding on its tone and its audience um, off the bat. Because at first we are kind of introduced with uh, it seems like a psychological thriller slash horror movie. Very uh, we we uh, like we are both kind of reminiscent of Glass in a couple of ways at the at the very start um, where you have a bunch of patients and basically what's an asylum and you're kind of wondering, you know, like what's the what this asylum is? Like, are, should they be worried for the characters? Also, who are the characters in a lot of ways? Um, but then it kind of slowly devolves into a, a kind of like one of those teen novel esque uh, high school dramas in a way, but in an asylum where, you know, you have relationships between various characters kind of going like, will they, won't they? Uh, you have them breaking the the rule. <laughs> you have like yeah, you have some weird scenes where they like break the rules and they party around and stuff. And uh, but then like but then later and then later it kind of turns more into an action flick. And it's just very it like I would not know who I would recommend this movie to just because like there isn't enough of any of these things to really uh, appeal to anyone specifically. And then also. They don't these I don't think those genres that they showed in the movie really merged together thematically in any way.
0: And I think that's the major problem is because like the the main two that it's going for, like you said it's going for a couple of different genres and it is, but the main two are like that psychological horror and um the John Hughes teen comic thing. But like both of those are very character-driven dramas or like very character-driven um genres and but they need the characters to be very different like the breakfast club if we're if we're going with the like the breakfast club the john hughes movie the characters of the breakfast club cannot face their fears and like fight against bad guys that are the manifestation of their own psyches uh in that movie because it wouldn't work but like a movie where Someone is fighting a monster that they've created of their own, uh, uh, like from their own mind. Well, they're not going to be the breakfast club. Like those two, I have never once seen a convincing version of that that would work. I mean, I've only, I've never seen it attempted. And like, I don't, I just don't think it could work.
1: Yeah, that's like, I, that's the thing I didn't really care. The characters weren't really distinct enough at all. Like you had hints of like, ooh, this guy's like the jock and this guy's, Actually, I was gonna say there's like a nerd, but there isn't really a nerd or anything. Like they they don't really like they didn't really go full uh, coming of age movie with the stereotypes, which like I would usually appreciate. But it's just like I didn't care enough for any of the characters to really um, be affected by that. Like I guess to, like to go along with that.
0: To to sort of expand on my point, I think one of those needs you to like one of those genres, the John, the John Hughes thing needs you to go kind of full stereotype with those roles where the psychological horror angle needs you to like make them very distinct characters. And I kind of didn't feel like there was none of them committed enough because for example, um, Henry Zaga's character uh, he's, It's kind of a spoiler what he what he can do. So maybe I'll hold off. But like, when he has to face his fear, it doesn't matter to me, because I don't know who this guy is. But then everything before that is fine, because he's just the jock character who apparently doesn't care about anybody. So he's not even interacting with anyone, which is fine. That's an okay character for a coming of age story. We'll get to him. But like, in a psychological horror, if he needs to do something, I need to know who he is and why that thing is bad.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. I see more what you mean. Uh, yeah, that's true. I didn't... I I guess, like, because a lot of the things, they they were hinting a lot at the back. Each, each character has a backstory for why they're at the asylum. And that kind of feeds into what they fear the most. And these fears aren't really expanded on until maybe the very end for a couple of them. But... But then again, like some of them don't really present themselves at all. Like there's a couple of characters we never actually really there's one character we never see his fear in person, I believe. Oh
0: yeah, that's true.
1: Um uh, and then like some of the others, yeah. like you they, they're kind of affected by it in passing as kind of a warning for the future, but then it, it doesn't really accumulate in a any type of where get they get over their fears uh arc for themselves. So And Hmm. I guess that's kind of cliche, but also like that's kind of what the theme of the movie was for at least one of like the main character. And then like the other characters just a lot of the other characters just didn't have much to do in in terms of their character development. So Hmm. there's not nothing, nothing to really cheer for. The characters that we meet at the start are kind of the same as the ones we meet at the end. It's just, or for the most part, it's just a couple of them. We just learned a little more about them. But you know, like, but it still wasn't even that much. It's almost like they were, I can kind of understand they were trying to stray away from entirely explaining it. But for some of these, like, for us to understand their fears, we need to understand, you know, why they fear them or how, how what happened. So, and if, I feel like if you don't do that, then some of the tension's kind of gone because then it's just, uh, it's just like monsters for the sake of monsters. And we don't really feel any connection between them and the the characters that fear them
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so, yeah
0: i mean that's that's essentially like the main problem with this story at a plot perspective like right that that's it that's the problem with this story from from a storytelling perspective
1: yeah and uh and and then there was like a couple things with the like the if we're gonna stay on the bad stuff like the the camp like the the sets felt a little cheap I thought the acting was a little weak for quite a few of these characters. Uh, the only one that was, I, I like the main character was like pretty bad, honestly. And the only ones I kind of liked were, well, um, evidently like the two with the most prestigious work, <laughs> if you can call it that. Like uh, the guy from Stranger Things, he was he was all right, um, even though his character didn't really have anything to do. And then Maisie Williams was like solid i wouldn't say it was anything special but she did her job
0: i mean and yeah. it's hard to really say that anyone carried this movie but i would say that the closest we get is Maisie williams i think that like i and and i don't even know know that that's necessarily on her she acted pretty well in this like as much as she was given to do she was good more importantly like her character is like her her character was given the perfect amount of backstory the perfect amount of screen time was just probably the best written of anyone and just overall worked the best.
1: Yeah. I I did like a lot of the charm she brought into it as well. Like her, she, she, she had charisma essentially no one else in this movie had any type of charisma at all. So uh, yeah, that was unfortunate. Yeah. uh,
0: It was a little sad because uh, Anya Taylor joy, who is, an up-and-coming actress that I'm not fully convinced of yet, but I believe she is actually a very good actress. I hated her in this movie, not just because I was supposed to hate her character.
1: Yeah, she really got shafted. She she got stuck with a a character and with like uh, an accent. Uh, actually, a lot of these characters had accents, but she had Everyone she had a did. very strong and like evidently like cartoonish Russian accent. And I'm not sure if she was directed to talk that way, but it like, I didn't buy her. I don't know. Is she actually Russian?
0: Anya Taylor-Joy is not actually okay, Russian.
1: Okay, cool. So yeah, I didn't, I, I very much felt like they hired an American actress to play a, a Russian, a Russian girl. And it, I, I could not buy into the character at all. I felt like a, of all the stereotypes to have fallen for. <laughs> This was the one they chose, and it was just abhorrently bad in my opinion.
0: And the thing is that that Russian accent we were supposed to take that seriously. Charlie Heaton, the guy from uh, from Stranger Things, was doing a Kentucky accent, and like for one thing, it was actually a pretty decent Kentucky accent. But on the yeah. other hand, we weren't supposed to take that Kentucky accent too seriously, so it sort of comes across a lot better.
1: Yeah, and like you know, I I think it honestly added something to his character even though that's probably the worst it's it's really bad to have a character be defined by their accent but honestly like with the, him without the accent is he has no character if I'm gonna be honest he has nothing yeah so, I mean he
0: did we did get a little of his backstory but like it didn't mean very much or like yeah. it didn't yeah well actually it didn't because we got his backstory. Before we even knew why we were getting character backstories, and like it didn't make any sense,
1: and so, we never see his fears, anyways. I'm pretty sure
0: technically we do, it's at the beginning though, before we know it's that we're seeing his
1: fears. Oh, wait, what was and it? It's, oh, oh wasn't him flashing back?
0: Uh, he caused an issue in the mine where, like, so his character, yeah, his character had a flashback, and oh, in that, I see. and when he was in the mine, he like exploded out of the mine and killed a bunch of people in the mine, and uh, so he was afraid of basically his own powers for that reason.
1: Yeah, I kind of took that as—I mean, now, now you say it makes sense. I I took it more as just he was—he had PTSD still. He did. Um,
0: That's essentially what it was.
1: Oh, okay, but like more in a vision. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I just I just saw it as like he's still having trouble coping with it. But um...
0: yeah, I think like with some people, it was what they were actually afraid of. For him, it was like it was what he had to face was his PTSD from that event. Yeah. So this so... is sort of like all of the. It's weird, too. I, I think that might be another issue, too, because like if we're thinking about it, Even Maisie Williams, her her character's fears that she has to deal with is also why she got into this. It's not necessarily something she specifically fears. It's an event that happened to her, but like a weird distorted version of that uh, that she has to like face as an illusion. So I wonder if it's really like they have to face their fears or if it's them having to deal with past trauma that they're sort of suppressing. Which kind of makes a little more sense, or amount, or maybe the same amount of sense, but
1: yeah, either way, it didn't <laughs> it didn't work that well. It would have been cool if, now that I think about it, if like it would have been really cheesy, but if they were, you know, like put in that asylum specifically to get over trauma from their past, and then they not not by not through not through the asylum, but on their own through the plot they ended up figuring out their problems themselves and yeah and then you know at the end of the movie they're they're cured without the help of like the doctor if that makes sense that would have been really nice i think but alas it is not meant to be so yeah um but there was also like a lot of good in this movie uh okay maybe not a lot but like there is a a surprisingly amount surprising amount of good if you look at all the bad it has um and this say, good like, isn't necessarily, like, like, good good. It's more like bad good.
0: I actually want to say, like, as much as I am going to spend the entire podcast uh, railing on this movie for being bad, probably. I mean, I've already done that. But <laughs> I really enjoyed this movie. And more importantly, like, I, I think I want to get this out of the way before I forget. This movie, to me, felt like the first draft of a really good movie. Because most of the problems that I thought about, that I thought with this movie, like, could have been fixed in some element of the. I mean, I guess technically this goes for all movies, but I could see how they really easily would have been fixed in some element of production. Like, yeah, a lot of the writing was bad, but it also didn't look like anyone, it didn't look like it had a lot of people proofread it. Uh, A lot of the shots were not as good as they could have been and reshoots would have fixed that the acting like a slightly like if the director could see this now and then go back in time and redirect i'm sure he would have made a couple of different choices that would have been better all of these things are things that can't happen but like it's so close on so many levels to being a pretty okay to being a good movie that like i really enjoyed it because I feel like there's a good movie buried in there and it's pretty close to the surface. It's just not there.
1: Yeah. I like, I agree that like a lot of the, the themes are sort of interesting. Like uh, I, I love how it's, it's uh, it's not so much a superhero movie, but it's very much just a bunch of children trying to get past their trauma and you have superpowers that, aren't really important to the plot, but they kind of help visualize the psychological elements that these kids are going through, which is like very smart storytelling for many reasons, even though it didn't work out for the best. Uh, Like I said earlier, like, um, I thought Maisie Williams was like pretty, it it was nice to see her given like a starring role for once and kind of giving her a chance to shine. So that was cool. I think some a a lot of these superpowers, like I'm, I'm pretty sure these were ripped from the comics. But I mean, a lot of the superpowers that were brought to the screen were very, very interesting to see. That I, I personally can't think of uh, any that really like got me interested as much as these ones. They were very conceptual. Like one, the Russian girl on uh, was a she could. She could jump into a portal, which would take her to another, her, what they call her good place or something like that, her fantasy yeah. world. And she comes back from that port. When she comes back from that portal portal, she has like, um, like superpowers essentially. And she has like a metallic arm with like a magical weapon. Mm-hmm. And she has a pet dragon that flies with her. It's, it's really cool to see, honestly, like that hyped me up a lot. And it, and it was really smart of them to kind of hold off on the full thing until the end. Mm-hmm. So I just wish they had explained it a little more. It it felt a little too out of nowhere um, for for me. But but also like I'm, i I've never I could never even have like imagined a superpower like that. And I love right. I love that that happened.
0: Can I talk about anime for a minute? Sure. So um, I'm just realizing as you're saying this. This movie, like, a lot of the superpowers that were, that these characters had, they are ripped, they're ripped straight from the comics. And, like, I don't know how much um, storytelling weight those superpowers were supposed to have in the comics. Probably something because you don't give a person a superpower for no reason. But also, like, these superpowers that they had, there was already some hints of it in the movie. But, like, these, these superpowers really relate to their particular past traumas. And like, it would have been cool to see them relate more like the character who, the character who ends up, um, you know, making everyone's fears come real is because, well, she's also super scared herself and just like came out of she, her entire life. Like she was, sort of dragged along not knowing what's going on and then her entire village is destroyed because something she doesn't know she's just knew that she was scared the whole time um the person who has to go to her good place like she had a horribly abusive upbringing apparently in the comics and so like she needs a place to escape to so she has a portal that goes there and like all this stuff reminds me a lot of one of my favorite animes and mangas, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And like in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, um, at a certain point, everyone has stands, which are basically like ghosts that fight behind them. But anyway, all of those stands have a certain ability based on something in that person's past. Like one person, uh, his stand, as soon as it comes out, it poisons everyone around him because all he does is push people away. And that's like why he's in the position that he's in. Um, one person, he can like open up portals to things because he, him, by like just opening zippers on walls because he himself is a child of divorce and like his parents split amicably enough, but he always felt like caught in the middle of it, like a zipper. So like, I feel like you could have tied in um, these powers, which already all, every single one of these powers fits that person's particular situation enough already. All you had to do is make that a little more obvious from a storytelling standpoint or tie that into the story storytelling just a little bit, and it would have been very cool, and it would have made, like, all of these characters a little better. Like, the one guy that I talked about, uh, Henry Zaga's character, I never related to him at all, and, like, I feel like it would have been so easy to, because he's a real person with, like, a real story that's not that difficult to, like, understand, but they just kind of don't do very much with it.
1: Like literally nothing with it.
0: Pretty much, yeah. He has a couple of scenes and like all of those scenes are missing context.
1: Yeah. So, uh like it's just a lot of that's the thing that kind of hurts me. It's a lot of like wasted potential. But yeah, I do really appreciate the thought they put into the the powers in general and how they try to to tie it into the story, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I maybe with a longer like with a longer running time, they might have been able to stick that landing better. but yeah, because it, it felt like he had they had a plot for him. They just they, you know, they might have cut it out uh, in post in editing.
0: Well, so this movie famously was supposed to get reshoots fairly early on. And then less famously, but still well uh, well reported, never got those reshoots. And really, I feel like this movie could have been so much better with if it had just gotten the reshoots. Because that's where you could have done things like give Henry Zaga a little more to do, fix some of the weird camera shots that I mentioned earlier, but never in detail. Like, And then, I mean, you can't fix every every problem in this movie with reshoots, but a lot of them could be.
1: Yeah. Uh, quite a few of them, honestly. I, I don't know if it would have been exactly like... Uh, efficient in terms of money so i can see why they wouldn't want to do that but yeah like we
0: already like, established this movie bombed
1: hard hard yeah so there really was the uh, like even if they fixed it up i doubt this is, was be a very marketable movie but um yeah either way like uh it 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 was what it was um i enjoyed like the some of the corny elements as well like this was I haven't seen a superhero movie in a while that was like so bad as good. In some ways, there was very, very some very, very cheesy lines that kind of reminisce back to the early two thousands of superhero movies um, or action movies in general, I guess. And they they really embraced those moments. They didn't try to to lessen the corniness or anything. And I kind of like it for that because we don't really see that enough in movies, uh, superhero movies nowadays. So yeah, there was some cutesy stuff there, but. Yeah, overall I I don't I it was an enjoyable experience but I don't feel the need to ever watch this again nor would I recommend it to anyone.
0: Okay. See, I I think it was an enjoyable experience. I doubt I would watch it again, but I would recommend this. Like if anyone out there is thinking of going to see New Mutants, which by the time this podcast comes out probably won't be in theaters anymore, but like if you're thinking of watching New Mutants, I definitely think it's worth a watch. Like, I don't think this movie is that good, but the ways that it's not good are interesting, and the potential that's there is very worthwhile, I think. I do kind of wish... Like, this movie was originally supposed to be the first of a trilogy. I don't know that I want to see that trilogy, but I do want to see this movie attempted again, at the very least.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see this, like, concept brought up again i think we might with the new doctor strange movie because um i just thought of this but it's very it's a very similar premise in that doctor strange it's it's meant to be a pseudo horror movie and doctor strange confronts a villain called nightmare who also showcases your worst fears i'm pretty sure and what's
0: interesting too is they got a good horror director for it like He's great at campy horror and I'm very excited for
1: that. Yeah. And honestly, Uh, like, uh, well, for those who don't know, it's Sam Raimi, but I, he, if you gave this movie to him in particular, like you could have given him like the footage they have now maybe, and he could have done the reshoots. And I think he, he actually could have made a pretty good movie out of it. Cause this almost kind of has his, uh, like it it feels like an imitate cheap imitation of his style and that you have, uh, Cheesy superhero stuff mixed in with a, uh, action, and then a lot of horror elements packaged into one, which is very much like I would I would say uh, what the first Spider Man felt like in a lot of ways. Coming of age, especially, uh, it just like none of them connected. Whereas with Sam Raimi, he's able to mix these in so seamlessly that it, uh, it it's really astounding.
0: Well, I mean. Sam Raimi did not direct this movie. So if you had shown me this movie and I didn't know the director and you told me it was Sam Raimi, I would not believe you. However, if Sam Raimi came in and did the reshoots, I think he could have kept this movie mostly as it is, but improved it. Like he wouldn't have significantly changed. It would have been a weird one. Like this would have been an odd duck out in his filmography, but I think that he, I think that he could do it. Like this, this doesn't feel like a Sam Raimi movie, but it feels like a movie that he could have, that he could help with, if that makes sense.
1: For sure, yeah, and maybe produced because he's produced a lot of shit movies lately. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, that would have been cool to see. Anyways, um, I'm willing to give this movie like maybe a four, or I'd say a three actually, probably a three. Uh, pretty average and kind of a throwaway movie, unfortunately.
0: I would personally find it, for me, very difficult to give this movie below a four because I don't know if, like, qualitatively... Like, maybe as a in terms of quality, it might be below that, but, like, I enjoyed it way too much and not even in the way of, like, so bad it's good for me to give it much less than that. So I definitely think this is a good four for me.
1: Hmm, okay, cool. Mostly agreed. But, yeah, uh, what's our... Do you, you want to talk about our next movie?
0: I do, not at too much of length, but I can't remember what it is. There are two movies we're going to do. I don't remember what order we're doing them in. Either the next one is Bill and Ted uh, Face the Music. Is that the one?
1: Uh, it, it might be. It's either that or The Virgin Suicides, right?
0: No, uh, oh, if it's not made. Bill and Ted Face the Music, it's going to be uh, I'm Thinking oh, of Ending
1: right? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Cool.
0: So it's gonna be it's gonna be one of I'll those see. two movies coming up next. Uh, hopefully, hopefully these episodes come out so that you know those weren't too too long ago. But as of this recording, Bill and Ted Face the Music is still fairly new, and I'm thinking of ending things is so new. I literally have yet to see it advertised on Netflix, but it will be there.
1: Shake my head, Netflix. All
0: right. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye.